Today's Heavy Strategy is sponsored in part by Collide. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. To find out how, visit collide.com slash heavy strategy. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash heavy strategy. Welcome to Heavy Strategy, where the questions are usually more interesting than the answers. Jonah and I wanted to talk today about the concept of leadership training and perhaps even dive a little into the nature of leadership. Our goal here is to ask questions to help you think about the problem in context of what you might do. We're not here to tell you the these three tips. We're here to think about the idea. Your first topic that you sort of brought here, Jonah, was that management versus leadership. Split the hairs there because I'm not sure that there's a difference. So explain them to me. From my perspective, uh, management is almost more project management, which is how to get things done. You know, the the art of splitting a task into small chunks, encouraging people to do those chunks, um, keeping tabs on the fact that they're doing those chunks well. It's essentially execution. Hmm. Leadership is a little bit different. Leadership is about inspiring your team to come up with the answers and then figure out themselves how to execute on solving the problem. So leadership is almost more of a catalyst mode where, you know, management is top down. I'm the boss. Let's figure out how to structure everything so it gets done. Leadership is more an inspirational catalyst mode. Both are important. And Mm -hmm. actually, one of my bigger points is neither one is taught well in most organizations and certainly in most IT organizations. Several years ago, I was staying at a hotel complex on the outskirts of London. And it was a really odd facility, which is a hard way to explain it. But what I learned was it's it was very much like um, like a school camp, you know, lots of little rooms, but each room had a toilet and a bedroom. And it turns out that this was the Civil Service Academy from the 1800s through to the late 19, sort of around the 1970s. If you were a civil servant and being promoted to management, you would go to the Civil Service Academy to learn how to be a manager. It used to be an education thing. Have you, do you remember those eras? I, I do. And I would agree with you completely that starting in the 1980s and moving on to today, leadership and management training has been a casualty of this obsessive trend for flattening organizations. Like we don't need all that overhead. We just have a flat organization or even outsourcing. Oh, we don't need to manage it because they'll do it. And what's happened is that leadership and management have both been super devalued over the past, whatever it is, since the Mm. 80s, 40 years, um, 30, 40 years. Mm. And that has had, in my view, sort of catastrophic consequences for organizations generally. I mean, we could just look at the 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 issues behind that in that there was bloated middle management for a number of years through the 80s and 90s there was a belief that large numbers of middle management was necessary and then the productivity trend fashion came through and people decided to get rid of middle management so there was just top level management and workers and workers were meant to be you know self-responsible and able to determine more of their you know what they're going to do And that led to a hollowing out in middle management where people learned their skills, perhaps? Absolutely. And I'll take it a step further. Um, In IT in particular, the whole, uh, the the dot-com crash in 2001, we're just now coming out of the dot-com crash because at that point, people had been, up until then, people had been investing in IT people. You know, we need technologists, we need technologists, we need technologists. And all of a sudden it was 180 degree switch 
And it was like, you people are overhead unless you can show us year after year that you're able to cut costs in our organization, you're toast. And so mm -hmm. for 20 years, IT people have been hammered and beaten on the head, taught that they have two jobs. One mm -hmm. is to be super responsive to whatever management wants, like drop everything and go chase the latest shiny object that management has given them. And the other is, if you don't keep saving money, saving money, saving money, your job is on the line. And mm. neither one of those are conducive at all to good management and good leadership. So what do we do if, if, if we agree that there's sort of a, a gap in getting people to become managers or to become leaders? I think splitting the difference between leadership and managers is important because there are some managers whose role is to take responsibility for things to just get certain things done spreadsheets, reports, stuff like that. And there needs to be a certain authority attached to that. But there's other people who need to be managers and leaders to, you know, get a team to work in a direction to inspire them to find, you know, to be creative and stuff like that. How do you teach people the difference between to, to learn or to train in this? Of course, I'll, I'll put in a little self-promoting plug for Nemertis. We actually have something we call adaptive leadership training, which is all about teaching, teaching IT professionals, among others, how to become leaders if they are not given to you and how to self-lead and lead groups of people to fast and good decisions and executing on it. So I think there are scenarios where this is starting to bubble up. If you're an IT person or technologist, you may be sitting here saying, I didn't want to go into IT to become a manager or a leader. I wanted to just solve interesting technical problems, and I really don't want to talk to people. Hmm. And there is another career path within IT, which is becoming the subject matter expert. And I think one of the biggest decisions that, that IT people need to make as they're going through their careers is, do I really have what it takes to be a subject matter expert, or do I want to take the path of leadership and, and management which is a different path, but a good one. Mm. And I'm going to challenge you to, to really think hard about this because mm. the people that succeed best as subject matter experts tend to be brilliantly smart, head and shoulders above everyone else technically, and maybe a little abrasive and difficult to get along with. Not always, mm. but very much so. And the problem is there's a bit of an ego for us as technologists. I mean, you never want someone to be smarter than you. So you work hard to be that smart person. But I, ha I have to tell you, realistically, you're going to get to a point where you're like, no, Mary over here is the real thing. And I'm just a poser when it comes to that level of technical depth. And that come to Jesus moment, as we say in the United States, is where you need to step back and say, OK, but yeah. there's still a role for me in technology. I can manage. I can lead. And then you come to the joke about the dumbest persons in charge, well, which is yes. actually a kind of truth, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily dumb. It just means that their core skill set isn't necessarily being excellent at a specific technology. They're having a, having a leader or a manager who understands the product is actually of huge benefit and something that I don't think is valued enough. Having a manager who knows what programming is or understands how to, what infrastructure is and coming from that background is intrinsically valuable. Having a manager who knows their product is, is, is important. Absolutely. And I think the hard thing is for IT people and technologists generally is letting go of that smartest person in the room thing on the ego. Mm -hmm. And the best managers and leaders are the ones that tell you, I have enough background to understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I am not the subject matter expert and that they're totally 100% okay with it, right. which is not easy for a lot of us. What about mentors? So I know a lot of people have got a thing about mentors and coaching. You touched on coaching a while back. I'm not sure how I feel about mentoring. I, 
there's been people that helped me at different times, like colleagues or managers who wanted to get the best from me or colleagues that would just had the capacity to offer some advice. But what about paid mentors or paid career coaching? The challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale. And when remote work took over, that challenge got exponentially harder. You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you get that visibility when different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows, and Linux? You get Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of their operating system. Collide gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Collide takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your employees directly on Slack. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. Visit collide.com slash heavy strategy to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash heavy strategy. I would separate mentors and career coaching into two because we get, uh, I, 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 I'm just going to say this. We get the idea of mentoring shoved down our throats, whether we're, you know, people who are told we're supposed to mentor others, you know, and if you're a minority of some form, you're ex explicitly supposed to mentor others, mm. or you're supposed to be a mentee and have, have somebody that you attach yourself to who supposedly is going to guide you and show you the ropes. I have a real issue with mentors and mentoring in that sense. Everyone always has an agenda. And the problem is if the mentor is coming in and doing this as an unpaid quote unquote service, if they're in your own company, they're fighting their own political battles and their agenda, their yeah. overriding agenda is to win those battles. If they're from outside your company, there's a limit to what you can tell them mm. uh, under confidentiality because you really should not be sharing, you know, your next generation cryptographic yeah, installation with somebody outside the company. Um, and my feeling, and I think I said this to you, Craig, is it's kind of like the difference between figuring out how to fix your sink by watching a lot of YouTube videos or hiring a prof professional plumber. Mm. Some people are successful watching the videos. I, I know one person who is, and she's done a great job. Some plumbers are awful, but overall going to a professional makes more sense if you think you want to get coaching. And I make no secret of the fact that I turned to a career coach in mm. my career and paid her a lot of money and she was mm. worth absolutely every penny because she could care less what mm. happened in my company. She wasn't she wasn't gunning for that SVP slot. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing that I have to say that I that I regretted about it is we worked long and hard on my ability to navigate politically in the company. Yeah. And then after I left that company, she just said, oh, everybody in that company was crazy. And I was like, <laughs> you could have said that at the time. Well, you know, that sounds a bit like career therapy. So they uh, talk a lot about mental health and talking therapies. It sounds a little like that in a sense, getting you to wake up to what's going on around you, but because you might be lost in the details. I think so. And I think, you know, I think that's actually a very good point because mm -hmm. I sometimes refer to my own job as, as technology therapy. It is a big deal. You know, if you're an IT professional, you should be thinking about the human side of the help. So th thing one is try to decide which career trajectory you're on, subject matter expert or manager mm -hmm. leader. 
remember that most people are on manage, uh, manager leader trajectory because most people are not the top 20% that can yes. be the SMEs. And then think about the kind of human help you want to get along the way and don't buy into the idea that, you know, mentoring is the end all be all if you yeah. like it. If it's natural to you, go for it. If not, do consider hiring a career coach. They're good. And I think the last thing I wanted to touch on was tr official training and certification. Is there even such thing as training? Um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, Nemertes does offer adaptive leadership training. Come mm. talk to us after if you're interested. But I think we're going to see a renaissance of training. You'll also hear a lot about agile training, which I'm a little less enthusiastic about as somebody told me yesterday, I got all the certifications for Agile and I don't know squat. Yeah. This person is very smart. She's a project manager and she's like, I know how to get things done. Yeah. So I've checked all the boxes on my Agile training and I just use my my native experience to to get things done. I think done. most of Agile training is common sense, but not yes, everybody's it, got common sense. Is there, there are certain types of training. I wanted to come back to the mentors and career coaches. It's, sure. It seems to me that there's so much scope for abuse of the mentor career coaching thing. So it's so easy for anybody to set up as a mentor or so easy for anybody to set up as a career coach uh, this, and, and selecting someone is actually quite difficult, I think. Uh, yes, and I'll, I'll pass along for the, the sake of argument what, uh, you know, what good processes are. Uh, another reason I favor coaches over mentors, um, there are coaching certifications. Now, mm. these organizations are not self-policing. So if, you know, somebody is like a serial sexual abuser or something, I don't know that the, the coaching organizations have any power to even let you know that. Yeah. But what I would recommend is if you go in that path, interview at least three people. When I did it, I can't remember who the third person was, but the first person was a young guy in his 30s. He's full of energy and enthusiasm and mm. so nice to be around. One of those life energy. coaches types. One of right. Those he men. was great. Mm. And I was really leaning towards him. Then I interviewed the person who became my coach. And mm. she, in the interview, she asked me a very important question. At that point, I was a, a senior executive at a technology company. And she said, when you work, is your door open or closed? And I said, mm -hmm. closed, closed, of course, to get yeah. my work done. And she said, that's a mistake. Everyone expects women to be accessible and closing your door is going to be perceived as being inaccessible. And I remember yeah. thinking, what a sexist bunch of BS. And then I realized it doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. It's really what everyone else thinks. And she was right. So I learned to keep my door open mm -hmm. and to appear nurturing, even though I'm not. And <laughs> that really that really did help. So not sometimes every woman the, is born nurturing and, and you know, I, I'm I'm not actually every a man is born, you know, same same thing. I'm actually quite nurturing with children and animals. I am not going to nurture you if you're a grown adult. Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> you're not going to pay um, me a co-worker. Right. So but, I, I just wanted to express that because I do think yeah. like one of the things that can happen with mentors and coaches is that they can be self-styled and it is open to abuse uh, abuse of various kinds and you do need to be careful and it does involve money for what is soft skills. And right. that is an environment in which things can happen. So do go into it with care and caution. One of the things about mentors, especially if you're looking to help ask people, I get asked sometimes. And the challenge is, is there's nothing in it for me as a mentor. One of the reasons that I started podcasting 12 years ago was to mentor people. This was a way to do that. That was something, and there's something in that for me. I was enjoying doing it at the time and it's gone on to become the business that Packet Pushes is today. There are many ways to mentor. It doesn't necessarily have to be one-on-one. -on -one. It doesn't have to be face-to-face. -face. It can be virtual. It can be 
in a casual setting. It can be with some mates at a pub or a, a group that you set up of people like you and talk about your jobs and find a way. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, I need to find a mentor, open the, you know, search for mentors in my area thing. Hmm? Absolutely. And two points on that, Greg, uh, there's an organization that I work very closely with called the Wall Street Technology Association. And it actually started back in the 1960s when a bunch of technologists at Wall Street firms found that they found that they would get together over steak and scotch and red wine and talk about how the vendors were screwing them. One of your favorite topics, Greg. <laughs> and then they would swap stories and they were much more effective as a group in their Wall Street firms than they would have been individually. So yes, the idea of a group, quote unquote, group therapy can turn into something that's a, a potent force for good. I think the whole mentoring, there's really nothing in it for you. I would add there actually is something, but it's a negative something, which is risk. Because mm. what if I'm mentoring you and I give you the wrong advice? Now yeah. it's my fault. And truthfully, that's one of the reasons why we try, you know, we are a little prescriptive on the show, but we tell you to take everything we say with a grain of salt. Don't mm. believe us. Mm. Because older I get, the less I want to tell someone what to do because I don't know what the outcome's <laughs> going to be. Also, you don't have to be mentored and you don't have to be yeah. coached. Let's just leave that right. out there because yeah. it's it's not for everybody. It may just be that you're in a situation where a mentor or coach is the right thing, but you also shouldn't feel like I haven't done it. I haven't picked one. I haven't. Why, do I have to do this because everybody else is? No, you don't. I don't. I mean, I have not had a mentor. I've had colleagues that I worked with who gave me advice at critical times that was helpful. exactly i haven't had a career coach because that just didn't seem to sit with me but at the same time i've also been fairly uh, successful and and aware of how i presented myself to the people around me and taking time to consider and so some sort of emotional intelligence did i just say that oh, god you did uh, greg see this is what you get for hanging around with me uh, i think we're gonna have to finish the podcast on that no, I, I, I think, think we're gonna have to i think we're gonna have to wrap up because now we've got greg ta talking about touchy-feely stuff and he's gonna have to go take a shower now um but uh but yeah I, this is a good way to start thinking we'll come back to the whole question of it career development because we know it's one of the things that people are most interested in on the show and as an it professional you should really there i go being prescriptive but you might want to think long and hard about who you want to be when you grow up. Are you really the SME? Do you, you want know, to manage? Do you, you want to leave? Big, you know, the biggest thing about IT is you can be anything you want. You There's want no, when you grow up. You don't yeah. have to go and pass a bar exam. You don't have to, you know, yep. tick these boxes. You don't have to get approved by a gate. There's no. There's very few gatekeepers in IT. And one of the most difficult things about IT careers is you can go. There are so many choices that you actually don't have a pathway to walk. Um, and choosing the pathway that fits you is actually quite difficult because of those choices. Does that make sense? It, it is, but it's wonderful for a certain sort of person. And, and hopefully if you're listening to this, you are that sort of person. Well, on that note, thanks very much for listening to Heavy Strategy. Please tell your friends about us. We'd love to have more people on board. As always, if you want to give us your feedback, tell us uh, some follow-up go over to packetpushes.net slash fu. There's an anonymous form there where you can tell us what you think and tell us what you really think. If you've enjoyed this, you can find more fine free technical podcasts over on the Packet Pushes Network at packetpushes.net. Find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and your favorite places. And uh, thanks very much for listening.